everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. You can make a lot of money and have none. You can make little money and have a lot. It's totally in your control. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Damn good. And it may be in part because I am drinking my Raspberry Blush uh, McKellar and Friends beer, which Mm. by name and the pink can was a slight deterrent. Um, But I like to try new things. And it's actually a a delicious sour, it turns out. It's light. Yeah, it's light. It's a a Blunner style Weiss, if you know Ah, what that means. Like a Blunner Weiss. Brewed with raspberries and coffee. Ah, how much the percentage on that bad boy? Four, because this is the first yeah. beer of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is eleven seventeen a.m. for me. Why did you start drink- so late drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, come on, what do you do? Uh, I am drinking my own creation. This is a. I'm drinking it in a tall Kolsch glass that I just bought because mm-hmm. um, I'm planning on making a Kolsch or a few Kolsches this summer. This is a. New England style pale ale, uh, or New England style IPA, sorry, uh, made with all citra, all citra Ooh. hops. Yeah. Um, and it is 6.9%. <laughs> so it is not, it is not a light. What, beer, what's it called? Or you doesn't have a name yet? Uh, it doesn't have a name yet right now. I'm just calling it all citra mm. IPA right now. I, I actually, I do have a tentative title, mm. which is cause I, th- I think I want to up, you know, some of the body on it. But I'm calling it high fiving a million angels. <laughs> mm. Do you know where that's no. from? <laughs> Not even close. From, it's, a, it's a 30 Rock oh, quote okay. that I love. So, yeah, might be something like that. Anyway, uh, our catchphrase is from longtime fan of the show Kevin from Toronto. Thank you, Kevin. I, I it took me two tries to get that right, but I did it. Did I? <laughs> yeah, do it? you nailed it. Did I say it right? All right. Okay. Well, today. We are talking about Andrew's three yeah. rental properties. I honestly, I thought you had more. I I feel like Laura and I thought we would have more, and and we will talk uh, about. I mean, the the why is more of a time thing. We wound up like putting so much time into choosing a pro- like we would only buy something that met our criteria, and as yeah. things got more expensive, it became harder and harder to to do that. But well, what what is your criteria? Okay, so so we um we bought a property and it's it's been a mediocre experience. We bought two more and they've been fantastic experiences. And and over the course of it, mm. we kind of put together a philosophy of what uh successful rental property investing looks like for Laura and I. Other people might have different okay. requirements. So sure. First, uh we only care about cash flow. I mean you know, appreciation is great, um, but our sure. focus is on cash flow, and it's basing it on like average market rents. So if we have a, so does that mean? Does that mean like every month you're getting positive cash flow in from the rental? Correct. Property? Like so, if okay, you know, our expenses are five hundred and the rent is a thousand. You know, we would keep five hundred. We are focusing on that number because um, one of our other core like philosophical things is never sell. Um, we have no intentions Long of selling. Term. You know, we can use equity that we've built in the property and, and increase in value to pull cash out to buy other rental properties. Yeah. But we put a lot of research in, and so the assets we buy, we have no intentions ever of selling. Hmm. Okay. I like that. Right. Like, you think I should have the same thing? For my <laughs> property? <laughs> your your property is a whole different beast. It's called can't ever sell. That's my philosophy. <laughs> Make sure you sign a deal that you are latched to for life. Um, yeah. Stick to your pick. <laughs> uh, another one is no property above 125000 And we, that may mm. shift up to like one thirty-five. But the idea is um, – we want to acquire essentially a basket of properties that are roughly uh-huh. equal in value and uh, more properties better than few expensive. So individual failures like, you know, issues with the home vacancies yeah. uh, have minimal impact on the overall portfolio. So it's like a scaling Got type it. thing. Is, is there a reason you chose 125 as the number? 
Is that just because like the first home or the whatever home you bought like just happened to be that number? So you're like, so the first one we bought was uh, fifty six five. Um, okay, so right. So not. so way way cheaper. And uh, wait, can you go cheaper or do you have to be at one twenty five? Just be one hundred twenty five. One hundred twenty five or under, but maybe a better way to put it is maybe not less than a hundred, unless the deal is like we can't like skip it. The, and and the thought is that um yeah. There's a certain amount of effort getting the deal going uh, and then yeah. just like ongoing email bullshit. And it, it, it needs to be worth our time to, to okay. deal with it. And so, yeah, you know, that's like we, we cap it so we don't put too many eggs in one basket, but we also want it to be cash flowing more meaningfully. I understand that. Okay, that makes um, sense. Another big one, and this is one that we had argued a lot about is uh, – no major renovations needed. Um, we want it to be ready to go from day one. And so what do they call that? Turnkey? Turnkey. And that was something that we had heard about with Memphis Invest, but discovered and actually like participated in with Roofstock. And Roof when we started with Roofstock, they only only had that. Now they have other options, but we yeah. that's not our value add. We we don't know really contracting things and stuff like that. So we just want mm. something that is of decent quality with a tenant. Right. And just. Let me ask mm. this question though. Um, if you had the skill set to do or assess like home renovation stuff, like you're like, oh, I'm just like really good at it. I used to be a carpenter. I used to be an electrician, mm. whatever. And you just happen to be good at that one skill set. Would that change for you? Hmm. I know it's hard to say because you don't actually have that skill set, but I'm wondering if like I may feel more say, comfortable. I know like say, say there was a foundation issue. I may be more comfortable understanding people's assessments, understanding the prices yeah. being charged. But I also we're in the Northeast uh, and it is just really I don't believe very profitable cash flow wise to have a rental property here. So I wouldn't be able to even if I was handy, like fix it myself. No, no, no. Not, I'm not saying even if you're handy and fix it yourself. I'm saying if you just had the wherewithal, mm. like you knew pricing, you knew. I might like, be more comfortable, say, like, buying something with a middle level roof that might need replacement, knowing okay. what to anticipate in the future. Uh, okay. So that's what I'm asking because I'm like, I'm not that way either. I'm like you. I'm like, I'm not a contractor. I don't, I've, my, the home that I bought mm. was brand new. I've, my dad, however, designs kitchens. He is, you know, he's very much in that world of like, home like if your dad was buying rental properties, it would perhaps make he, he would make more money focusing on properties that were generally good, but had a shitty kitchen because he could use his knowledge to add value, even okay. not being there. But and so if you had that same knowledge, you would probably right. Like I, I just know nothing in okay. there. I have nothing to add. And so. Okay. I don't yep. want to be like disadvantaged. Um, Understood. And then. Uh, That's just good that you know yourself enough yeah. to do that. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, look, the, the deals are the greatest with the properties that are the least appealing. But if you know the love that goes in, I, I just don't. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not tall, so I don't even want to change light bulbs. You know, I have to get a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. How many engines <laughs> take the screw in a light bulb? Four <laughs> each on each other's shoulders to reach the ceiling. <laughs> and then he's six foot, and then he has <laughs> That's to hire right, a contractor. Yeah, yeah. To tell us which way to <laughs> twist it. Yeah, they'll take him seriously um, and, then, and then the one other thing, really, uh, I mean, there, there are other ones, but the really other one that I, I really care about, um, or I've, I've come to appreciate, is viewing closing costs as the cost to acquire this cash flowing asset. So we have this home, right? Mm. And you put 20% down, that's your money. Like if you put 20,000 into a property to buy it, maybe not all that different from putting 20,000 into Fundrise, right? It is, or 20,000 into Betterment. Right. It is an investment that will grow. And then the only real costs on the property are the closing costs and you know everything pretty much nets out or profits over time. And so the closing costs, we tend to recuperate between four and five months, maybe six months, and then essentially the investment was free, but we're making money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like when you look at the deal, it's easy to uh, focus on things that are maybe not as important. Um, 
So that, that's kind of like a, a mental thing for me. Yeah, makes sense. Is that is that your entire? Yeah, I, I think that's that's the core of it. All right. What do you? All right. So you've you didn't have this philosophy when you bought your first home. No. Or your first rental no, property. We, we wanted to try this thing. And yes. I think we we checked every mistake box possible. Give me that story. Where is this? I mean, I know it's in Indianapolis. Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know why it took me so long <laughs> to say that. But tell me about that home. Or that so property. my friend Neil, uh, we, we'd been talking about rental properties and possibly investing in them. And, and I don't even know why uh-huh. we got talking about this. But long story short, he met this guy named Bill. And Bill would uh, buy foreclosures, improve them, and yep. then sell them to people in like literally New York and stuff like that. Um, wow. You know, yeah. And so interesting. And Laura and I hemmed and hawed, and, and the amount needed to buy the deal, like total soup to nuts, was a little over 14000 So it wasn't terrible. We were willing to potentially lose it to try this out. Um, okay, but so you only put down 14,000 that's including closing costs, in- closing costs, right? Um, felt the home was very cheap. Uh, the essentially like, and this is, I, I knew nothing about rental properties, but the mortgage was going to be about three fifteen a month and we were going to be charging $799 oh in rent a month. So, okay. How, how many bedrooms? Like what's the, uh, I think it's three bedrooms. It's it's like a ranch style thing, decent sized property, and it's so like you're like three yeah. fifteen a month for rent, and you're like scoffing because it's so. That's I mean, not rent, ama- mortgage. Yeah. It's so low, right? So so low, and so like so the low. worst. The way that we felt at the time is, if we had a vacancy, we could eat that, and it we yeah, we wouldn't sure. feel much. And then at seventy sure. seven hundred ninety nine a month in rent, like. What would have to go wrong for this not to be massively prop- profitable? Yeah, or at least the cash flow be good. Right, like we we literally uh, were pretty confident that there was no way we could fail at this. And then we proceeded to slowly to- fail with it <laughs> for like two and a half years. <laughs> okay, and wh- and why? So one of the things that I used to joke about and I found really appealing was that there were no appliances in the place. It was BYO appliances. And I thought that was hilarious because they're going to bring appliances. I don't have to worry about them getting ruined. Like a refrigerator? Like a refrigerator, a stove. Oh, my God. Oh, God. But, you know, lo and behold, that attracts a certain type of tenant, Uh, a tenant that um, is used to expecting very little. You know, and yeah. we'll treat your place like shit. And so, yeah, you know, it was, I was laughing, but the joke was on me. Um, we, we've sure. since gotten appliances, used appliances, up mm-hmm. the rent, and we have a way higher quality tenant as a result. How are you managing that from a distance? How are you doing that? Like, like you said you bought used appliances. How did you we do We have that? a management company. Oh, okay. So, so we're like... Um, and that's all they do for you is that one company... Manages that one property for you. Yes. And you pay them, so that goes into your cash flow. What do you we pay them ten percent of eight hundred and twenty five dollars every month. So okay. eighty two fifty. So eight hundred and twenty five dollars is actually so that it got increased then. This is like down the line, like basically oh, there I were I see. We've had many vacancies mm-hmm. totaling up to about a third of the time that we've owned the property. Wow. How um, many tenants have you had in two years? I want to say four Oh, so every six months you're turning over this place. Well, we turned it over two times, maybe three times before uh, we wisened up to like improving it. And then as a result of improving it, we wound up putting in about $5,300,000 to renovate it because the last person that left like demolished, like essentially just destroyed the place. Mm. They could like they couldn't pay the rent, but the things that they left in the unit, some total value was far in excess of a month's rent. Mm. Like they just left like a TV, an untold amount of DVDs, the router, clothes. Like it was weird. Uh, yeah, it was really weird. Anyways, that that was the type of people we were dealing with. So yeah. we decided to go up market, you know. And where where's that? So now it's good. Okay. Um we have a tenant. Um and 
it's been quiet, but the property overall, and we'll talk about after the break, hasn't been super profitable, and okay. it has been the most stressful. So you have two other properties, mm. and are they, I think, from my understanding, I actually really don't know much about this besides just like here and there. Like we've never had a conversation about your specific thing. Mm. So the other two properties that you have, I think, are close to each other. So they're both in the suburbs of Atlanta. Okay. Um, and if you think of it on like a clock, you know, one would be maybe uh, like at 11 o'clock and the other one would be at like three or four o'clock. So, okay. but you know, with Atlanta in the middle. Um, so the first property was 56 and a half. We put 20% down. Well, blah, that, blah, blah, so blah. yeah, right, right. And then this, these other properties, was it with the same, I guess it wasn't with the same guy, right? This Bill character. So so the, there was a lot of lessons with Bill, like, mm -hmm. uh, and, and we'll talk about the lessons at the end okay. specifically, but these two were with Roofstock and okay. we, we had moved. So to give you the timeline, we bought the first indie property in March of 2016. Mm -hmm. We got a tenant in there within a month. And we and we were getting paid making that like ideal profit scenario for the first many months. So we're like, yeah. this is ridiculous, you mm. know. And so we so March 2016 we bought the first one, July 2016 we bought the Georgia one, and then September 2016 we bought the second Georgia one. So they were all, you know, relatively close. close together. And it yeah. takes 30 days to close, so it very much felt like you know, research, but it was like back to back to back. Got it. And how have those been? So the Georgia ones have been awesome, like beyond belief. Awesome. Okay. Um, and have been incredibly, incredibly profitable and like great for, for Laura and I, the first one was one ten. uh, mm -hmm. purchase price, 20% down, blah, blah, blah. The second Which, one was, what, what one is that? Do you know, can you do that math on the top of your head? I, I wrote it down. So we needed oh. to bring to close for the $110,000 property, 25500 where 5300 mm. of that was closing costs. How do you go from a shit show with your first time? But like a, it like wasn't a, a shit show yet. Like the shit show oh. happens towards so you the were end just, of the year. You were riding high. We're like, and so you were like <laughs> throwing down, you were throwing down cash and then we yeah, felt okay, like we it. discovered the like the biggest cheat code ever. And and the Georgia ones have been amazing, you know, and I think that they more live up to our expectations, but mm -hmm. we're we're like, dear God, this is so profitable. We're buying as many as we can as quick as possible. Which is why three happened in short order. Got it. Um so so the first property was 110 um to you know, that was the purchase price. It was twelve hundred a month in rent. Um, yep. move in ready, like move in ready key. already had tenants. It, it was these three girls oh, wow. who went to Georgia tech. Uh, okay, cool. They, they took great care of the place. Um, we overall, the property has been a dream. It is our most profitable by far. Mm. Um, and the only issue we've ever had is like within the first month or two of owning the property, uh, there was this beautiful tree in the front of like the house. It got hit by lightning. Yeah. And it was, Whoa. it died. So we had to like pay $300 for it to be removed. Wow. Um, so literally struck by lightning, you know, but uh, other than that, it, it's <laughs> usually not a good sign, but all right. It, it was great. Otherwise it is sure. great. Cool. And the other property? And the other one. Um, so we uh, found a property manager there that we loved. Like we, we love, love, love their Excalibur homes in Georgia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Atlanta, the handle. So like right after you bought the first property, you had gotten hooked up with them mm. and we're like, oh, sweet. These guys are awesome. It's worth buying another property in Georgia so that they could manage. That was, that was a major okay. part of the decision. I mean, yep. I'm telling you like from dealing with the worst types of people in the world in with our Indianapolis property to like top level shit where yeah. we pay 10% of our rent to Indy, we pay 6% to the people in wow. Georgia and they are like professional with a capital P man. If there's anything that I can take away from that is that property managers ma matter a ton. So, so like spoiler, especially alert, when you don't live near like spoiler, like one of the lessons at the end, I wrote uh, an excellent property management company almost matters more than everything else. And I truly, wow. truly believe this. Like they will make it work or they will make your life miserable. 
And if you have any doubts, wow, like okay. just don't go with them. So what about the second property? Give me the numbers on that. Yes, the second property was 116, so 6,000 more. Um, uh-huh. Closing costs were a little bit less, 20% down again, and the rent was $25 less, so it was 1,175 a month. And there was a tenant already in and there. And there was a tenant already in there. It was through, the, the two Georgia ones were through Roofstock. Um, yep. Excalibur was essentially recommended by Roofstock. And you own these properties. 100%. These I mean, fully well, yours. they're fully ours. We have a mortgage on them, but yes, they're completely ours. Sure. And and what did Roofstock do for you as far as like what does their service do? So um, what they do, and and we we have done a few episodes on them and they're awesome. And if you do consider using them, you can give us credit. Listenwaymatters.com slash Roofstock. But uh, what they do essentially is they have um, an invent. So imagine an ETF is buying properties mm-hmm. because they have a REIT or whatever, and yeah. they, they try and move into Atlanta, but they aren't able to hit scale or it's just not working for them, and they need to sell yeah. these properties. Or you know, it's it's a company that buys them and then flips them. And so Roofstock gets these properties from large corporations, essentially, um, and they list them, and they're already turnkey ready to go. They have inspections, tenant, mm. um, they, they certify it. They give you like pictures, a, a walkthrough, yada, yada, yada. And they have someone that quarterbacks the entire process for you. So I don't cool. know if you ever bought a home. Like, well, you have bought a home. It's a miserable yeah. process. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They, Roofstock literally does everything. The only thing you have to do is make sure your mortgage closes. So they, they handle it. it. That's yeah. cool. So it made it very easy for us to just have a job do us and money matters and get property because we didn't really have to do much. Um, okay. What about over the last, you know, how, how many years have you had these properties? Uh, about two and a half years. So it from 2016 till now. And let's, I mean, I want to take a break before we get into like how much money you've made from these. Cause I know that's pretty much the update, but like how much money have you spent total on all this? Because uh, it seems like your first one being fourteen thousand, your other ones being closer to twenty five thousand. Like we're talking close to, I'm gonna say you spent at least a hundred thousand dollars on this total project if you count. These okay, all so uh, if I were to add up, so if you put cash in to close, which is like closing costs, sure. and the first one was fourteen point one, the next one was twenty five and a half, so that's thirty nine point six. And then an additional 27. Let me pull the calculator out. 39.6 plus what was yeah. that? 27. Mm-hmm. So that so to get the properties, we spent 66.6 thousand. And in okay. unplanned expenses, uh, we've spent a little over eleven thousand. So plus eleven. I think it's like eleven point one. So we spent a little less than seventy-eight thousand. Out of pocket soup to nuts on these three properties. How much again? Say that again. Seventy eight thousand. Okay, roughly. and that and the like. So I understand the closing costs. You own the properties. Great. That um, wasn't all in twenty sixteen though. Like the unexplained. Un- of course, planned, happened yeah. over two years. So mm-hmm. or two and a half years. So out of those expenses, those un- like what was that? What was the big one? You were like, fuck, renovating the Indianapolis property that okay. cost us five point six thousand dollars. All right, so you haven't had any issues with like evicting tenants and like hiring lawyers and yeah, all that of was that. that was part of the Indianapolis renovation. Ugh, all right, was that expensive or no? Uh, so it was not. So so we wound up starting the process. I think we paid about a hundred and like fifteen dollars to mm. get it rolling, and the woman just like vacated. So like she just like oh, left. so you got lucky. So so we got lucky, but we had to mm-hmm. clean up the mess that she left behind. Of course, yeah. You know, it was it was a I, I don't know. It was it was ridiculous. Okay, so seventy something thousand. Would you say again? 70, Se- Seventy-eight thousand to acquire 000. all the properties, and then over two and a half years. So that's everything put out of pocket over two and a half years, soup to nuts. All right, let's take a break. Mm-hmm. When we come back, I want to know how much you've made off of that seventy-eight thousand. Yeah, sure. All right, we'll be right back. All right, um, let's break down each property. Because mm-hmm. we have the number, we have the number. I, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to. I'm going to keep track of this number seventy eight thousand. Okay. As I like the idea of it being a total project. 
But each individual property has its own ups and downs. Right. And and to be clear, part of the the biggest portion, the the, the just shy of sixty seven thousand portion of it is equity in these properties that we still own. So sure. it's like if you put sixty seven thousand into betterment, you know, you own still own that money. Right. And until you sell it, you know, it's worth that or yeah. more. The only difference, right, and you might lose a little to their fees and stuff, but yeah. Well, so the fees come out of monthly rent only when you get paid rent, and so, mm, like, right. you're really only paying for things when you're earning, for the most part. Mortgage aside, but, um, all right, break it down for me. Let's start with the indie place. So over two and a half years, yep. we have technically profited seven point seven thousand dollars on the indie property. So you've made seven thousand dollars, right? Roughly, I, yeah. Which, um, the cash flow after we pay mortgage and the management company over two and a half years, we have only profited one thousand six hundred sixty-seven dollars because it's it was vacant a lot, um, mm-hmm. and when it's va- still not operating at a loss though, right? But we had. 5,600 unplanned expenses. So mm-hmm. net, at, we've put money, most of the money went here. Like we haven't taken positive money out. And the reason why it's a set, like a roughly 7.8 thousand profit is because uh, based on Zillow numbers, it's appreciated a little over $10,000. And in paying okay. the mortgage, we've built about $1,500 in equity. Um, okay. Through us paying and, and and the tenants paying, sure. So right. it's net out of pocket, but the asset overall, uh, it's it's, uh, you know, above water. It's fine, sure. Yeah, barely, barely. <laughs> okay, uh, and as part of your philosophy, you're not selling it, right? Although, if someone accidentally burns it down, <laughs> I probably wouldn't rebuild it. <laughs> That's yeah, and sound like me. Um, you know, obviously, no one in the building, right? No one gets hurt. Um, what do you do? You expect to it to be profitable and and do well? What are your What are your plans? So, for a it? big part of the issue is we we flipped management companies. Um, at at the end okay. of 2017, it was just mm-hmm. a shit show. They were getting terrible sure. tenants in, and it was just they were charging us like you know or they were trying to charge us like eight times a month to mow the lawn, $50 each. It was just like sure. all bad things in every way possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we switched management companies, you know, we renovated it, we got appliances, raised the price, and it took, you know, from evicting the tenant to getting a new one, I want to say it took like six or seven months. Um, wow. You know, and so that was the pain. But now since it's a higher rent, you know, a better tenant. We haven't had an issue. Um, okay. So having an issue since like July of 2017, which is yes. a long time. It's over, over way. So over it's year. looking up. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, what about the Georgia, the first Georgia? So, property, so my golden want? property, I, I wish every property could be just a carbon copy of this one. Um, uh-huh. After you, so after you subtract mortgage payments and management fees, over two and a half years, we have collected into our bank account uh, fifteen thousand seven hundred dollars. Um, okay, we bought it at one ten. It is worth uh, mm-hmm. a, a, quite a bit more. The appreciation amounts to, as per Zillow, uh, forty three thousand six hundred forty four dollars over to one fifteen. Yes, so it's forty three six four four plus one ten. Is the so wow. it's one fifty three and change is what sure, it's worth yeah. now, wow. right? And wow. then yeah. th- there has not been. I mean, there was maybe a month of vacancy. We did the tenant did flip, and we had a um, yeah, you know, we cleaned the carpets, yada yada bullshit things. Sure. Yeah. Um, but during that time, we built three point six k in equity from literally the tenants paying the mortgage, and the turn mm-hmm. cost plus the tree thing. Plus a minor plumbing mm-hmm. issue, soup to nuts. We've only put three point seven k in. So the the Georgia property number one net profit is fifty nine thousand three hundred ninety three dollars and change. Wow. So you're are you 
Okay. Say that again. What is it? I'm sorry. $59,393.67. Are you taking this cash out that you're getting paid, this extra cash flow, sticking it in some Mm. sort of account that's just for that property, and then using that cash to pay for incidentals? Yeah. So so what Laura and I do, um, and and we kind of explained this when we did the original rental property series, is that um, we, uh, first of all, we keep an escrow uh, two to $300 with the management company. So if there's an issue, they just do it, yeah. right? And do then it. often yeah. what happens if there is an issue that is above that, they just deduct it from the month rent forward. So we really sure rarely, I mean, f- through all the properties have had to contribute money. Um that Got it. said, uh shit, what was your question? I, I don't the the question is is do you have an do you have a bank account for each property? Oh, so yeah, so we have a bank account that what we do is we we know what the um deductible is on our insurance, yep. and so we have an account that essentially we waited until it hit the deductible. Mm-hmm. So if like a meteor hit the house, we would be able to pay the deductible and collect, yep. and everything above that we just call into our own accounts into your personal. So it's accounts. about five, yep. right? So basically, of the fifteen, you know, I want to say it was like five or so, just it filled up this account mm-hmm. and then we have taken 10 and gone on vacation and invested and whatever. Sweet. So that is positive cash flow. Yes. And so you're not are you and you're are you taking that money and recouping basically recouping the original investment that you made, the original like 25,000 that you put down. I I don't feel that I need to recoup it because it's an investment. It. Right, it's in there. Right. So the only thing I felt that I need to recoup was the closing costs. Got it. All right. Because that's just out of um, pocket, right? That was that was the only thing that I feel that I had to pay for. Got it. And then what um, about yeah the the other house the last so house. the other one um not as good and and the reason so cash flow after mortgage and management is six point eight k um so a little less than half of the other one mm-hmm. and the reason is because uh, essentially taxes are higher in that area and this okay. is something that I didn't quite realize when we were buying sure um the rent is a little bit lower. And there was like, um, I think that was that's essentially it. it but okay. it like monthly payment wise, the first Georgia property is like five hundred something a month. Mm-hmm. This one, it's eight hundred something, almost nine hundred a month. So just not as profitable monthly. Got it. But anyways, so so it was six point eight. We made in cash flow. It's appreciated thirty eight thousand dollars. Uh huh. Um, equity built is about the same as the other property, three point six k, and. Uh, even less unplanned expenses, just one point seven thousand, and it was plumbing bullshit. I didn't. Yeah. I've never owned a home, so I don't know. You have to like clean gutters, and <laughs> apparently, if you don't schedule it, you don't uh, never owned a single family home, right? And right, so okay. there, there are all those like pine needle type trees yeah, in that yeah, area, yeah. yeah. And I guess the gutters were so full, uh, they literally f- fell off the house and ripped part of the roof with them. Wow. So, so that. Like about 1.3K was new gutters and fixing the roof. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The incidentals, things that just happen, home, basic homeware. Mm. Um, all right. So, so total these- profit, we made 114000 across everything. In two and a half years. Yeah. I mean, that's what our net worth has gained, essentially. Wow. Okay. I mean, you put a lot of money in cash that you had out of, like you, you, you took available cash that you had, mm-hmm. 78000 you you put that out there and you've bought three assets. And so you've like from like without counting that deduction, so, right? So if you think of it like this, we put 78 in mm-hmm. and 114 has come out. So uh so you could just do 114 divided by 78, and we're about 46% higher than our original investment. So okay. In two and a half years, about forty six percent. That's gain. pretty good. That's yeah, it's awesome. pretty good. And, and it's I mean, really like, good. Yeah, it's awesome. And we yeah. are keeping the vast majority of it. You know, um, I want to talk about like let's talk about going forward. Okay. So you have these three properties. They're mm-hmm. great. One, two, two out of three are great. Two, two and a half are great. <laughs> two and a half are great. All right, fair. Um, what are your are your do you plan on continuing to do this? Do you want to buy more? So we, we lo- it's been two and a half years. Yeah. So like you've taken a 
sabbatical on house buying. <laughs> well, so part of the sabbatical was me going full time with Listen Money Matters, which was sure. financially stressful. Uh-huh. Um, and then part of it was, you know, because we were putting time to Listen Money Matters, we didn't feel we had the time to research. And I, I also didn't feel like I was seeing the types of deals that I wanted. Like, okay, prices are going up. Doesn't mean that we should compromise on what our deal like attributes philosophies. Are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So now, so just feel this timing. You, you're thinking is why you haven't sort of pulled the trigger on any properties. Yeah, I would say so. And you have other. And the other thing too, I I, I think this is super important. Like this is. I, to me, it sounds like you did this as an experiment for yourself, mm. and it wasn't something that you planned on being like a mogul in. No, because I think forty six percent is awesome returns, but for what you do for a living and the and the transition away from a day job into less money matters. Like, talk about percentage wise on your time and your investment, like. Way more than 46%. And the thing is, I, there's really no way for me to put time into this rental property thing to make it do better beyond right. researching new purchases. Which is, yeah, which is time. But you could either research new purchases in and buying a house and do 46% over two and a half years, or you could build a piece of software and sell it on the internet and get paid way <laughs> more than that for- For much you know, less than seven. For much 000. less, yes. exactly. So- I think your priorities from two and a half years ago to now have shifted more towards now that you're doing what you do for a living full time, mm. um, have shifted more towards that. M am I right or wrong? I, I would say like you're you're half right, and and part okay. of it is like uh, just just the market. Well, okay, so so the way that I look at it, and like fuck fuck the market, honestly, like sure. what like a okay. good price is a good price, and and we yeah. we try okay. and find good prices. Yep, but um, I think like you're absolutely right that. Uh, for Laura and I and online business things, we will earn us personally will earn a far greater return putting money in, in that area. However, mm -hmm. there is like a theoretical maximum that we could put in that we'll be able to put to use in a meaningful way. Like if I put $100,000 into List of Money Matters, I don't even know what I would spend it on because I don't even know what I would spend $10,000 on right now. Exactly. And yeah. so- I mean, yes. The We see the rental- So we are, we're like, uh, we pray to the cash flow gods. Mm -hmm. Income has kind of ruled the day. And, and once we've uh, built that, we realize the power there. So when we can't deploy the capital into the business, this is like an overflow. Like it, it is a this business- is it won't yield as great, but it'll yield far better than most other things. How do you feel about doing the research? Are you still into that? Does that still excite you the way it did two and a half years ago? I, I just love toiling in numbers. Like just putting together what we blasted through in 20 minutes took me like yeah. eight hours to figure out. And you loved it. Yeah, I, mean, I love that stuff. Like right. building that like simple wealth that we built is just like the financial model of this. Like I do that yes. in my sleep. What have you learned in the last two and a half years. And, and I guess I'm never going to do this. Mm. Let's just, let's just put that on the table. That's fair. So I'm not, so I almost like, I'm not personally interested in <laughs> real estate. <laughs> I've been burned. Perhaps that goes away at some point and maybe my, my tune changes, you, but you have I this do tune. Like, so, you know, I was talking with my mom when we were buying the rental properties and, and I, I talked to a lot of people about this and people had, yeah all said similar things that they, everyone knew somebody who got burnt trying to do yeah, a rental thing. And often your case included it. And it, not that you planned on doing rentals, but there was no math involved in any yes. of the decision-making and yeah, it's all gut. Yeah. Which is great, but that's why it doesn't work. Like if you run a mathematical model on it, like, mm -hmm. and, th and that's why we built this thing because it was so that's laborious cool, yeah. for me to do. Um, but if you know your numbers, uh, I think it is rather easy to do this well, provided you have the cash. I think, it, I think you're right. I think this is sort of the difference is I think this is why we get to get along so well is like, you're very numbers driven and I'm very gut driven. Mm. And I think a good entrepreneur, whether they're buying rental properties, which I consider that sort of like, and it just a savvy investor, an entrepreneur is an investor of things. Mm. Um, they know both. They have a little bit of gut and intuition, right? Mm. But they back that gut and intuition up with numbers. So you're saying some total. <laughs> yeah. 
I, it has to yeah. be because no, I, I mean, some total the two of us make one good entrepreneur. One good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I just no, it's, I shouldn't say that. Like, I just happen to lean so far mm. one way, and you lean heavily the other way. We do have those other attributes, right? For sure. I, I, but, I, I get some of your attributes from osmosis. We share a beer. Yes. We clink glasses, and then I gain some of your skills as a result. Except of- we don't technically. <laughs> clink any glass because we're on skype when, so you have to, when you fly to new york you know when i fly to new york when you fly to Colorado. i know i know <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh tell me some of the so I, I said that because what while i'm not personally interested i'm still interested in what you learn from this experience and i think others this is the important part yeah i mean i guess if you're interested in doing rental properties like give me give me what you learn okay so one and and not to make this like whole a shameless plug episode. We were literally like begged by like a lot of people to do this episode. Simplewealth.co was built for me and similar to the tool that we're building together, a tool built yes. for me to solve my own problems and it was analyzing these properties is a pain in the ass and then when you're looking at more than one, comparing them is insane. Yes. So knowing the numbers and doing the analysis super important. Um the, the property manager is almost the only thing that matters beyond the numbers working. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Don't buy it. I am learning that lesson right now because I have a, I actually have a good mm. one and I've had bad ones. Like they email me and they're like this and that and whatever. We think you should do this. What do you want to do? Nine times yep. out of 10, I say, I'll go with your recommendation. Whatever you want. Yeah. Sure. And then it's done. And so I literally don't mm-hmm. do anything. I add no value. Yeah. And and that's yeah. why I, I like that. Um, yeah, you're just you're just the money man. Yeah, which which is what I want to be in this scenario because these are sure, properties. Yeah. I mean, they're in Georgia, but it's like the other side of the world. Like I'm not going there to totally. But I I think that some some real estate investors want to have their hand in the mm. game, and I totally res- I respect that because it's like you're not just a money person. You're a money person. You got to do your numbers. But then if you know how to fix some shit and you know how to renovate some stuff, do that. Because that's like value add that you don't have. For sure. Right? That's And I that, to me, that's like that sounds very business owner fun thing to do, right? It's like working in it, your business. So, so yes. And for someone who is good at that and like could build a house or could do the renovations, for sure. But like to get started, that's hard because... For me, I had a job at iHeartRadio and earned money and then put that money into the rental properties, but I stayed mm-hmm. putting all my time into engineering work. And if sure. I was to go full-time in the rental properties, I wouldn't have been able to buy more. And so it's you, right. you almost like would have to flip to- Totally. Well, the thing is, is I know that you mentioned a lot of people getting burned and their stories. Like Everyone has a story of somebody getting burned. Mm. I tend, I have a bunch of those stories too, and everybody who- that I know who has had that anecdotally, mm-hmm. of course, personal anecdotes, they have been um, very much into the, oh, if we, we could renovate. Like, we're good at renovating. I've owned a house for 20 years. I know how to install a sink. Mm-hmm. I know how to install cabinets. Like, I can do that work. No big deal. But then they mm-hmm. neglect to run the numbers and they neglect to understand the time and effort and unexpected costs that it takes to do that. And that's where they end up getting burned. And and I think that in many of the so so I absolutely agree with you. And and the the truth of it is that um so so you'll get a quote for something on a rental property, you know, some mm-hmm. work, plumbing or whatever. The first quote you're gonna get is for the absentee landlord, and it's like four X what it should cost. And you <laughs> right. just question the quote, and the next quote you get is gonna be so low, like you know. You may save $150 by installing the sink yourself, but if you do nothing and wait a month, you'll profit more than that by your tenant sure. paying rent, and you can have someone else do that. Exactly. You know? Yeah. What other lessons besides finding a good property so manager? So always get a second quote um, for sure. I say get a – I say get a – so my – when I worked in um, mm. retail, my boss would get three quotes. For sure. And, and what – Right. And you pick. Look, like, you know, when, like, so we, we, uh, uh, we had like a plumbing issue and like the toilet kind of mm-hmm. flooded. And so the, there need to be recalked, a pipe tightened or something, and two tiles replaced. And the first quote was $2,000. And 
And and the second Whoa. quote was like six ninety something. You know, like not even right. not even close. Right? No. Somebody was gouging right? and, you. Exactly. But you have to be willing to just or you have to look at it, be like, is this reasonable? Assume that whoever's sure. doing it is making very little money because you're you know, right. whatever and Sure. Um and are they going to do a good right. job? And, and, but that's, that's a property manager's problem. Or, or exactly. you should have one that feels that way. Um, yes. You get what you pay for. So if you're buying a shitty thing or you're buying shitty appliances or whatever, like they're shittier than you probably think. Um, avoid. Uh, try and avoid evictions at all costs. So, so like we are. How do you so do that? Our re- property manager often recommends that we begin eviction proceedings and we have never, except for that one time in Indy, done it because people have hardships. Look, at the end of the day, like my my cash flow uh can sit second to like ruining your life. Like I don't need to evict you mm-hmm. and make your life miserable because you didn't because you owe me three hundred dollars. Right. And so sure. we we've taken this approach of being flexible, uh, like being firm, like you're not taking advantage of us, like you have one chance or sure. whatever. Um, and as a result, like because the turn costs are super expensive with evictions. Yeah. And what often happens, one of our, our Georgia properties, every month we get a whole slew of late fees. They have, they have just owed us $300 for like forever and they always pay slightly yeah. late. And it's it's probably cash flowing like 150 more than what we would expect, and and sure. I'm fine with that as long as we are getting yeah. paid consistently. What's your what's your stance of like when is too when is ta- when are you getting taken advantage of like what is that what is that threshold? If there was extenuating circumstances for you not being able to pay rent, then I can understand, but you have to pay some because you have to. Like you can't just pay none, give a hundred dollars, 200, something has to come in and you need to tell me when it's going to be paid in full. And I'm probably going to expect it to be about 30 days from when you say this, but I'm going to judge if it's reasonable and they're, they're, they're setting the timeline. So they're going to tell me, and if they don't meet what they told me, they're done because then they're, they're liars. They're not trustworthy. Right. So. Willing to work um, with them. And then is it just like a one-time, like, do you kind of consider it just a one-time, you know, hey, it's your first time being late, it's your first time, whatever, I'll let this one slide, but I can't let others slide because then it be- it causes a slippery slope of you taking advantage. Well, they pay late fees, so they, they could they could well, be late. Well, that's okay, yeah, But of course. The, the not paying they can be late. piece, For you know, months. if, if yeah. they have... And so we have one tenant in a Georgia property who we essentially gave like a 30 day and they had like, I don't know, a baby and a this or that or whatever the reasons sure. are. Yeah. Um, and then they, they caught back up. And so, so they met the expectations. So if it happens again, you know, if it happens the next month, then this is an issue person. If it happens in three, four, five right. months, I would probably take the exact same approach. And it's that. Right. If they had enough time between and look in your gut, you know, if this is like a no good person or if they're just struggling. Sure. Um, Right. All right. Interesting. Since uh, I just went through that. I know. And you were you were very stressed. Mm. It's very stressed. But it's my you know, I don't have it's not a it's not a uh, cash flow play for me. You know, it's it's a not not lose play for you. Yeah. How like, little I, can you yeah, lose each month this. is is generally the right, game you're playing. Right. <laughs> yeah, and at this point too, like, so we did get her evicted and or she just mm. left on her own. And we basically just threatened the eviction and and he just kind of my property manager so, sort of talked to her and was No like, one wants that on their record. Exactly. And that's sort of what he said to her. And so she was evicted and w- <laughs> there's it's been slow. It's you know, it's the mm. middle of the winter right now. And you know, we've had it up on the market for almost three weeks and we've only seen one walkthrough, mm. you know, come through. Um, and then they complained about cigarette smoke. <clears throat> so it was like, so she was smoking this in the tenant house. that was in there for like a, d- oh, yeah. well, so are you doing, are you cleaning it or something? Yeah. So my, yeah, my, my, uh, my property manager went in, put stuff in the vents, you know, basically oh my like God. he already, he had already shampooed the carpet. He's like, now I got to do the drapes. <clears throat> I put stuff in the vents to blow them out. 
He's like, yeah, because the, the first walkthrough that we've had in, you know, three weeks, we're like, cigarette smells like cigarettes in here. I'm like, God, yeah, damn it. you like, know, like literally the worst person. I know. And that's that gut feeling, you know, mm. it's like anyway, we've already talked about my <laughs> shit, but it's it's only up and up anyway. Um, is there anything else you want to mention before we close this out? Uh, yeah, just just one more thing. Um, yes. Don't buy a property that you can't put into an LLC. And this is my indie property. And mm. of things in my life that keep me up at night, this is on the higher in the list mm. because something like like if someone gets personally injured in this property, they could sue me for far war- more than the property is worth. And all of this progress that I've made in my life could be nuked by one asshole. And what will protect right. you is an LLC and... The thing that will prevent you from putting into an LLC is your mortgage company. Um, we didn't mm. know this. We picked one that wouldn't allow us to quit claim deed it into an LLC. Since we found this company called North Point, they don't pay us. We have no relationship with them. They are beyond amazing. If you have emailed me, I've probably pointed you in their direction. Uh, okay. And they're in most markets that you would care about. So essentially, if you go with someone like North Point, you're going to be fine because they'll let you put an LLC cool. and your life won't become a shit show that's, when an immediate hits your house. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good, that's good advice. All right. Well, listen, if you missed anything that we talked about, we'll have everything in the show notes. Don't you worry about that. Either you can check your preferred podcast app or you can go to listenmoneymatters.com slash show where we'll have things. Please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And if you love your friends, <laughs> tell them about it. If you, if you want them to do better in life and you want them to be smart. Help a brother money, out. Help a sister you, out. Help an help aunt a, out. Yeah, please. There you go. Help an uncle out. <laughs> Let's just hit the whole. Help a mom out. Help a dad out. Help a, help a, what else is <laughs> a second else is cousin. Help, help your second cousin cousins. Out. There's still people. Yeah. <laughs> Point them to your favorite episodes and hopefully they'll become a subscriber. And if you have any questions you'd like us to talk about on future episodes of this show, please email us. Listen, money matters at gmail.com. All the tools and resources that we normally mention on this show. We mentioned Roofstock. We mentioned North Point. We mentioned simplewealth.co, your actual product. We mentioned all these things. They are all available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. Later, dude. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>